This is Help Wanted, the show that tackles all the big work questions you cannot ask anyone else. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And I'm New York Times bestselling author and money expert, Nicole Lappin. The helpline is open. Nicole, I have a question for you. Tell me. When is the last time you asked someone for a favor? Probably you, yesterday. Oh, yeah, that's true. You did. <laughs> um, well, when was the last time you asked somebody for a favor? Uh, I mean, it probably was you, too. Outside of us, okay. when was the last time you asked someone for a favor and it felt a little uncomfortable? Because maybe uh. you aren't used to asking them for favors. Hmm. So I guess the difference, is it a favor or like a pitch? Mm. Do you consider a pitch a favor? That's a good question. So on this episode, we're going to lump in a, a couple different asks because okay. I feel like the fundamentals of them can be the same and also the emotional challenge of it is the same. So we'll talk yeah. about asking for favors, asking for help. Okay. So in that case, a pitch is is a kind of, you're asking for something. For time. For time, for someone's for attention. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or you can reframe it and say, like, I'm doing them a favor by obviously yeah. getting the chance to work together. But yes. to me, it feels kind of like I'm asking for something. Do you feel like you were good at that? Yeah. Did you always feel you were good at that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the, the turning point? I don't remember a specific. There wasn't like a morning like or an afternoon in Cannes that I texted you that yeah. I remember very clearly. But I think that it turned around the time that I wanted to be of help proactively before I ever asked anybody for anything. Mm, which is probably underneath that is that you felt you could be of help. Yes. This, I feel like, leads us really well into Emily's email. Should we read it? Yes, we should. Okay. So, so who have, is Emily? Right. So Emily is a student at the University of Hawaii who emailed me earlier this year at some point. And what she asked for was an internship. Not at Entrepreneur, but just with me or with my podcast, this other podcast that I have. But it was such a good email that I had to engage. And what's really interesting about where we're going to go with this is that her role with both of us kind of evolved because of this, right? It's like you never know where something's going to go, but you have to start in a way in which there's meaningful engagement at the beginning. The line that I like to use is, don't ask for an opportunity be the opportunity. That's right. Yeah. Be the change. Be the opportunity. <laughs> so this is the original email. I guess she sent to your. Oh yeah. Generic. Inbox. Yeah. She sent to my. She sent to one? my. She she filled it out on my website contact form. Okay, dear Jason. I hope this finds you well. My name is Emily, and I'm a longtime listener to your podcast. I am also a history major at the University of Hawaii. Your method of storytelling is so compelling. It's like history communication instead of science communication. I would love to learn more about your technique for crafting a narrative. Would you consider taking me on as a summer intern? I believe I can set it up in such a way that I would get school credit so there wouldn't need to be any money involved. I'm a hard worker, and I could lighten your load over the summer. If this is something you would be open to, I can send you a writing sample or do a sample write-up on a research topic of your choice. Chef's kiss. <laughs> like, perfect. Perfect. Let's break down why it's perfect. So actually, I'm a little more interested in what you see as, as someone who is not being directly flattered in that email as I was. What do you see? I see that she wants to be helpful and make it really convenient to be helpful to you and make your life easier. Yeah, right. That's a big yes, one. Yes, please. Yes, that was a Any really big one. Any busy person, successful person needs that. I also love that she had spent time with the product 
and that she was displaying very relevant expertise in that space. All right, so the thing that she's reaching out to me is a podcast that I do that engages with a lot of history. She is studying history. Also, the thing that she wanted to learn was the thing that hooked me the most, where she said, can you read that again? It was- I would love to learn more about your technique for crafting a narrative. I love that because here's the thing. It's not I- like commoditized, like how to do a podcast, Google that. Right, because you could totally Google that. It is a little flattering, to be honest, because she's like recognizing that this is a thing that I care about. But also, I am really excited to help people who are excited about the things that I'm excited about. And for her to approach me about that showed me that there would be a level of care and attention to the things that matter to me. And you help people who you feel invested in in some way. And and that investment can be really tiny. And in this case, I feel invested in someone who is alert to the kinds of things that matter to me as well. So here's what I did. I wrote back. I have that email. Oh, you have that email. What did I say? Hey, Emily, thanks for the note. So glad you've been enjoying the podcast. You ask an interesting question. I have never taken on an intern for the show. So to be honest, I don't have an immediate idea of how I'd integrate you into it. But the summer is going to be a really busy one for me. I have a book coming out in September. M-dash, my fave. Uh, I love an M-dash. <laughs> so, so the idea of an extra set of hands is intriguing. Can you tell me a little more about yourself? Where would you say your strengths are? What kind of projects have you worked on? What are your career goals? And what would you hope to get out of an internship with me? So here is me basically telling her, let me tell you my problems. You convince me that you can solve them, right? I'm going to tell you that I'm busy, that I'm going to get busier, and that I've never had an intern for this before, which means that there's no structure. So I am, in effect telling her, you need to address all of those points and show me that you are going to be a self-starter, not just by telling me that you're going to be a self-starter, but you're going to have to communicate it in a way that I'm going to believe you. And that also that you're going to just be knowledgeable about how to bring value to me. Because the value to you would be the thing that you're going to learn. But I need to know that that's going to come back to me. So I basically was giving her like a homework assignment. She wrote back a, I mean, I don't know that we have to read it, but it was, it was. I love it. It's very long. It's a really good email. I did forward this to uh, some team members because I thought it was so great. Mm. I am an older student. 11 years ago, I got pregnant and dropped out. Over the years, I volunteered in the school library, worked at Starbucks, and tried my hand at various content creation type stuff. I ran a small fiction podcast for about a year, got a romance novel published by a micro press, and generally tried to stay creative. During the pandemic, when everything shut down and working seemed impossible, I went back to college. And then she talks about very specific projects she worked on and is passionate about. And she says, when I grow up, uh, which I love, uh, she just has a sense of humor, you can tell. So when I grow up, I want to use storytelling to make the world a better place, which sounds corny, but it's the truth. I'd like to work in podcast production or otherwise try to figure out a way to write for a living. Thus, I'd appreciate the opportunity to learn more about podcasting. The last thing she says is, uh, thank you for even considering this. I believe that I would be an asset and able to help out over the summer in a way that would make your life easier. Oh, yes, please. That's what I want. Who does it? All I want is for someone every day to say, I can make your life easier. So as you were reading that, I was thinking back to this pitch that I got. (laughs) 
for someone who wanted to be a guest on my podcast and they wrote, um, <laughs> I, I cannot believe that somebody sat down and typed these words. Oh, God. So let me be transparent because starting a relationship off by lying seems absurd to me. I have not listened to your podcast, but I am not a complete idiot and I have looked it up. I love the premise and I think I can really add value. I will listen to any three episodes you think are a good intro to get a feel for the show. A human being wrote that? Sat down and was like, that's a good way to connect with somebody. (laughs) So I bring that up right now in relation to the Emily email because like the Emily email is all about understanding her audience and having invested time in me before reaching out to me and asking for me to invest anything back. That crazy email that I just read was the exact opposite. Not only had that person not invested any time, but they were upfront about it. And then crazily, they asked me to invest more time in them in selecting three podcast episodes for them to listen to before they would invest any time in me. So you can see now the vast differences in approach. So I got that email from Emily and it was, it was incredibly convincing. It wasn't just what she said. It was the way that she said it. It was the intelligence that was just woven through the way in which she was communicating. And I knew from that by itself that I could bring her on the team, so to speak, which is not really much of a team. It's mostly just me. And she would be an asset. And I think I did one other thing, which is that I, I, then, I then moved to voice memo because now these emails are getting long enough that I was like, I don't have time for an email. So I sent her a voice memo. And in that voice memo, I'm pretty sure what I said was like, you're very compelling. I just, I want to be really upfront with you about something. And that is that I, um, I'm stretched really thin and I don't know how much direct time I will have to guide you or to answer questions. I'd love work. I have ideas for how you could work on the show and I would love to be as useful as I can, but I just want to be upfront that if if the experience that you need, and I totally understand if it's if that's what you were looking for, but if the experience that you need is one in which I can be more of a kind of act, active mentor, I don't have the capacity for that right now. In response, she sent me a voice memo back. Yay! And it was long and just as thoughtful as that email, and I I was sold. So what happened as a result? What happened as a result is that she worked on the podcast with me for whatever that term was the summer, and uh, she was incredibly useful. And in that time, we tried to find like kind of different things for her to do, sort of seeing where her experience was and where she thrived. And at the end of it, she sent me a really thoughtful note about how much she enjoyed working with me and basically like what she would like to do next. And I said, I would, you know, I'd love to find some way to work with you, but let me, let me see. And I didn't really know the immediate answer for myself, but here's the thing. And this is the reason why I push people to not think about things transactionally, because when you just open the door, you never know where it's going to lead. It could lead to Nicole Lappin. <laughs> Nicole Lappin. I was like, hey, for the show, we're looking for a writer researcher. Uh, you know a lot of writer researchers. You've sussed out the good ones and bad ones. Who do you recommend? And I recommended Emily. Emily. And so you and Emily started talking. Yeah. And I gave her tests mm-hmm. and she just 
did great. She knocked yeah. it out of the park. She's been lovely to work with. She's been really thoughtful. She's just on it. She ultimately got what she wanted, just not in the way she expected. Which is the to- only way to get things that you want. Right. Because she wanted to work in podcast production. And now we're developing another show that's totally in her skill set and wheelhouse. And she's stoked. And she's passionate about it. And it fits. It checks all the boxes. Didn't check the boxes with you. But, you know, it happened. Right. Right. Which means that sometimes, how do you ask for help? The answer is that you are just really helpful. Helpful. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of, I don't want to say a circle jerk, but it kind of is a circle jerk of being helpful. What's a, what's a more piece of uh, a, virtu- a virtuous cycle? I like circle jerks. Um, Money News Network doesn't have a HR <laughs> division, does it? Stick around. Help Wanted will be right back. You know, Jason, I wouldn't let just anyone be my co-host. Oh, No. No, I take very seriously who I bring on to my dream team. And that's why when I need to hire, I go to LinkedIn Jobs. Well, you're not the only one. Two and a half million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. That's right, because LinkedIn has a network of more than a billion professionals. And you can find candidates that you can't find anywhere else. It's also so quick and easy. When you're running a business, you can't be a full-time recruiter, too. You're a full-time everything else. But with LinkedIn jobs, you can post a job description in just a few clicks. And did you know there's even an AI feature that can write the job description for you? So brilliant. What a great time saver. And it's also my favorite price. Free? Free Free 99. Yes. I mean, if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you are looking in the wrong place. Go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash help wanted. That is linkedin.com slash help wanted to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Help Wanted. Let's get to it. So what did we learn? What we've learned is that if you have no experience or little experience and you are asking for help from someone who has more, then you need to, number one, figure out how you can be helpful to them, which you can. It just requires being more creative. And number two is to be really specific Because the more that you show an understanding of the person who you're reaching out to and exactly what they need or where their area of expertise is, or frankly, just how to flatter them by having invested some time in what they do, the more likely they are to turn around and at least give you something. And that could open the door to more. Yes. Well said. Let's talk about when you are asking for help and you've got a little more to offer. That's the situation we are both in right now. I have to tell you, I am still generally pretty uncomfortable asking people for favors, even though I know they would probably be very happy to help me. What's an example? Well, I had this book that came out in September, Build for Tomorrow. And Buy it wherever you can purchase your books. Audiobook, ebook, hardcover. I had to, for the first time, ask favors of people who, frankly, I had done favors for for a long time. I was strategic about this. I created years ago a spreadsheet called Ooh. Good Contacts. Wow, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. If Am I, I on you, there? No. <laughs> years ago, I would have put you on there. At this point, you're like an actual friend. Like these are good contacts or yeah. kind of contacts. Okay. But these are people who I meet at a meeting or at a conference or whatever, sure. or they emailed me and I want some record of it. So I, I start sorting them. There's like, <laughs> there's media and there's founders sure. and there's whatever. And they all go in there and it's just name, Company, 
email address, notes. Some, what was the last interaction that I had? And I did this in part because I thought, you know, I'm eventually going to have a book out and I should capture everybody who I could possibly, possibly ask for a favor from. And then it came time to actually execute that. And I froze. Like, I had email addresses of hundreds of influential people. And I did not know what to do with it. And I felt like an asshole, frankly. I felt like an asshole reaching out to them and just being like, hey, I've got a book. Could you promote it? Okay, and they I, don't think of it that way. I know they don't, but that's how I hear it in my own head. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, and it was really challenging. It was really, really challenging. But all these years, you put a lot of goodwill. Yes. That, and that says a lot of foresight yeah. um, on your part. There's one specific example. We don't have to give the name, but there was somebody's show that you ultimately wanted to be on. Yeah. And so in the lead up, you just did a lot for that person. Did a lot. Yes. Yes. I did a lot. Well, so there are a lot of people who meet that description, who had big podcasts and I wanted to be on those shows and I was very mindful of it. And instead of ever telling them that I eventually want to be on the show, I just played a really long game where I just provide value, provide value, provide value. And, uh, and then it came time to make the asks. And you know what? Almost everybody said yes. Almost everybody said yes. Very big shows reaching very large audiences. One really big one said no. No, didn't even say no. Said nothing. Can you believe it? Nothing. I was surprised. I have been emailing back and forth with that person for years. Have done a lot for that person. Yeah. Didn't even respond to the email. But I had my PR reach out to them. And I think they had their producer say no. I was shocked by that. And stung, frankly. But you know what? Here's how I came to process it. The way I came to process it was, number one, that person's a jerk. But also that this now saves me a lot of time in the future. You don't have to do any more favors for that I person. I don't have to do any more favors for that person. In asking all these people for favors, they sorted themselves by who is interested in mutually valuable relationships going forward and who is not. Mm. And you know what? Good thing to know. Very good thing to know. How have you done similar things? Because you've, you've also had to activate lots of people at the same time. Yeah, I don't. As much as I love a spreadsheet and a Google Doc and a bento box uh, and any organizational thing you can find at the container store, I I don't have a spreadsheet of good contacts. I think in hindsight, I, I should have. That would have been smart. But I knew generally that there were people I wanted in my network that would be helpful in X way. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Booking on a show or whatever. Yeah. You know, stuff comes up in business where you're just like, do you know a person that does this random thing? I'm like, actually, uh, yes. Yeah. And so I think I just proactively tried to just be helpful as much as I could. Mm -hmm. And at some point, maybe it, it came back around and, you know, returned the favor. And maybe it didn't. And I, I haven't really kept tabs. But you know, some of them have reciprocated. Some of them haven't. I haven't asked to reciprocate. Yeah. But that's what a, you know, a sort of a professional relationship is. It's a lot of give and take. I've had events and one of the most stressful things 
for me is putting on events and asking people to show up. Yeah. And it's hard to get people out to do anything. And so I really don't like going to events. I like being at home and watching Netflix and not even the chilling part, just... Just the Netflix part. Just the Netflix. And and I really, at the end of the day, am an introvert and I can do all the extrovert stuff, but I don't get my power from it. So it Mm -hmm. takes a lot to get me out to events. But as soon as I started putting on events or meeting people to show up, I started showing up. Mm, That's smart. That's smart. Because then you're creating... Good event juju. Yeah, you're creating an awareness of people that you were there for them. They remember it. Yeah. Because they're going through the same thing that you are. If if you have stress putting on events, they have stress putting on events. And we all can remember that person who was there when we needed people to be there. Yeah. I think no matter where you are in your career, I think you still have to be specific, even if you do have leverage. Because, you know, somebody wants to be helpful, but you and I had this conversation. Instead of saying like, hey, can you help me launch my book? Like, if you say, hey, can you put this out on your Instagram story and it's already pre-written? Mm. Or, hey, can you endorse this? Here are seven examples. Feel free to use any of these pre-written ones or come up with your own, of course. And so you're making it as easy as possible for them to be also helpful to you. Right, right. You know, it's so funny. What we've kind of come to here is that regardless of whether or not you have a lot to offer because you're further on in your career or right at the beginning or these sort of two sets that we've been talking about, it really comes down to the same fundamentals. It's still all about being hyper-specific, investing in someone else first, and figuring out what it is that you have that can be useful to someone else. And really don't discount whatever level you're in for how you can be helpful to someone. And sometimes personal favors go a long way. Like it's easier now than ever before on social media to say, hey, I watched your, you know, story or TikTok about needing a DJ for your kid's bar mitzvah. I know a great DJ or whatever. I don't know, like something random and small that saved me a research of a DJ or like that solved a, a random problem for me, but you could be helpful in that. Before we go, a few more quick things that people have told me that have been really smart. Number one, think about how to connect the people that you know with other people that you know, because when you do that, and if they build relationships, they will always think of you. Like you're building your influence by connecting other people together and kind of building your network through their networks. And then number two, check-ins. The thing that everyone hates is when the only time they hear from someone is when that person wants something. So like there are people in my good contacts list who I think I I really want long-term valuable relationships with. I make it a point, like every six months, go through, find, when was the last time I reached out to that person? I should just drop them a line and just say hi. Or hey, uh, make sure I comment on something that they posted on Instagram. Or just sort of be warm. Keep the conversation going so that it's not just about when you need something, but rather what you need is just part of a larger conversation that you're having. So smart. How did you ultimately get over, or did you get over the fear? I just did it because I had to. I mean, that's it. Like, that's the only way to do it. Do it because you have to. So in this case, I had this book. I had mentally committed. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to contact all these people. I'm going to make the ask. The ask was different per person. Can you help promote? Can you do this? Can you write a blurb? Whatever. And I 
found that when I did it, more times than not, the response was positive. Sometimes it was a, a no. Sometimes it was nothing. And those kind of stung a little bit. But I had enough people who said yes and who were happy to do it. And that, that made me happy to do something else for them next that I realized I had just kickstarted a lot of virtuous cycles. Yeah. Do you also end some of those emails with like, I would love to be helpful to you? Always. Yeah, me oh, too. always. Yes. Every single time. Every single time I, I tell them, I cannot wait to support your next whatever. I mean, I asked for favors of people I have really absolutely no business asking. I asked Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> no relation. <laughs> no relation. I asked Michelle fucking Pfeiffer to yeah, you post a photo of herself. And she with did. My she did. And she wrote a really nice thing. It was really nice. I could not believe that. I mean, I've interviewed Michelle twice and we just we just kind of connected in a way that sometimes, you know, usually you don't. And I was like flabbergasted that she did it and was so nice about it. So I, I, I sent her an effusive thank you note. And yes, made clear, like, I cannot wait to her company is called Henry Rose. I can't remember what I said, but, you know, it was something about how excited I am for Henry Rose's growth. And, and you know, I, I can't wait to speak to you again about it and, you know, show my support or whatever it was. Like, yeah, always, always, always be clear. Like, this is part of an ongoing relationship. It doesn't end here. It's a circle jerk. <laughs> Help Wanted is a production of Money News Network. Help Wanted is hosted by me, Jason Pfeiffer. And me, Nicole Lappin. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. If you want some help, email our helpline at helpwanted at moneynewsnetwork.com for the chance to have some of your questions answered on the show. And follow us on Instagram at moneynews and TikTok at moneynewsnetwork for exclusive content and to see our beautiful faces. And maybe a little dance? Oh, I didn't sign up for that. All right. Well, talk to you soon. Hold up. 